everybody, for another edition of the Club Cool Podcast. I am your host, Barrett Dudley, and I am joined in the Washington Media Studios by Phil Battaglia. Yo, What's thanks up, for Phil? that intro, man. You're welcome, you're welcome. I was kind of doing like a like a Jordan thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, what what, what, what are you looking at over there? You got, uh, you got, you, you doing some, you closing some deals? Yeah, well, yeah. maybe, we'll see. Um, I mean after selling the most expensive property in Austin last week or earlier this week, I'm surprised you're even, you know, you're even bothering. I know I should just take a break, right? Yeah. You should just, you know, rest on your laurels a little bit, man. I sure would have loved to have been a part of that. (laughs) You're, you're on the, you're, you're what uh, people are saying. You're, you're on uh, an up and coming real estate. Sure. You're, you're on the, uh, like the, the, the ones to watch list. (laughs) Yeah. Is that, uh, is that, that, that's what people have been saying, I think. Right. Yeah, you know, I'd like to joke about that. That stupid list that is the elite twenty-five here in yes. Austin, the top twenty-five, uh-huh, right? Of course, naturally. And I'll, a good friend of ours, I had him Photoshop me into that <laughs> their group photo. Yeah, yeah. And I would love to troll. <laughs> I mean, but the like, all things considered, you do actually want to be in that group, right? Kind of. No. No. Okay. I mean, sure, but you know. Like if they come calling, they're like, "Phil, we gotta have you." Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'll be waiting by the phone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, that what? How how much did that house go for? Forty million? Or was it was listed, listed at thirty eight point nine. I don't know what it sold for okay. in that ballpark. Yeah, I always like to do. You know, you, you you're in real estate. Austin is obviously one of the hottest real estate markets in the uh, the country, if not the world. When you're up to that level. When you're when you're looking at houses that are, that cost forty million dollars, it's not even really that good of an investment anymore, is it? Right. Like you you you've you've gone way past the threshold of like this property is going to appreciate steadily over the <laughs> course of the next several years. You're not laying that check down, and being like, "Ooh, I hope in 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 a year it'll be a ten percent." It'll be right. That. No, I mean, in fact, and I just feel like, in fact, you constantly see people trying to unload these massive estates. For far less than they paid for them, or like you can't, you'll hear about you know big big like Hollywood Hills mansions that somebody had listed for you know twenty seven million dollars and now they're down to off asking for seventeen. Yeah, right. Like what's different in in this scenario right now though in this current environment is that there's so few of these types of homes mm-hmm. in Austin. Yeah, and if you are dead set on being here, they're easy to not easy to sell but easier. In in Hollywood, there are dozens and dozens of homes just like this that have, you know. But, you know, there was another home that had the previous record set last year on Lake Austin that sold for around, I think it was $28 and they had multiple offers. And the guy that bought it came out and said that a week after he got in the house, he got a letter saying, I'll pay you 10% more. Wow. And he turned it down. So I mean, it's yeah. crazy, man. Yeah, it's I mean, ten percent more though. Like, is that going to cover everything you no. just went through? No, like, you all have the... to pay six percent to realtors. Yeah, yeah. And then... So yeah, that 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 was a bad offer to that guy. Yeah, well, the guy thought, you know what, it doesn't hurt to ask. That's fair. But um, house wasn't even that great either. But yeah, I, at that point, when you're throwing forty mil to a house, it's just like I've got the money. This is the house that I want. Let's do it. That house is special. Yeah, that new that it is. Far and away, one of the top three houses I've ever seen in Austin. Okay. How many bedrooms? Like seven. Okay. Yeah, see, it's not even that many. <laughs> it's not over <laughs> – to be honest, it's not over the top. It's a big house. It's single level. There's one little game room, little uh, mm-hmm, stairs mm-hmm. that go up to a little game room. Yeah. It's all one level. The the What gets you into these price brackets is the amount of frontage on the water – that's private, and they had eight, okay. almost nine acres, Jeez. and a private island that's that's comes with it. Yeah, and you attach this famous architect's name to it, on and on and on. It's um, oh man, I'll, we, we'll have to post the link to the house. It's just something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, today on the show, let's see what I what, the big story is pretty obvious for anybody that's been paying attention. This is made. Uh, all of the news circuits, regardless of, of, you know, it's on this thing started on Bloomberg and now it's been covered by every by every associated press outlet and USA Today and all of the complex and hype beast and everything. 
And it is this, uh, so it's, it's been a very, very big deal. So big, in fact, that uh, I believe Circling Back already covered this earlier this morning. They're just, they're just stepping all over our turf. Uh, that's how big this story is. But uh, Nike has been uh, kind of exposed uh-huh. as, um, you know, nothing, nothing confirmed or admitted here, but the look is bad because a VP, a high-level, high, high-level exec, a VP of, like, the direct-to-consumer, mm-hmm. you know, marketplace, basically. Their bread and butter. Yeah. I mean, she was in charge of so much. She, very, very high up in the company is what I'm saying here. Well, her son is one of these big-time resellers on Instagram posting up with 800 boxes of, like, off-white Jordan 5s. And uh, it would appear that he was using um, some select information that only he would have access to through his mom's job. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was covered in a Bloomberg in this original Bloomberg article that was just talking about the the sneaker investment and, and sneaker reselling in general. And this kid is a teenager. He's not. He's like nineteen years old. And so, of course, he's an idiot, and he let slip accidentally on 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 two different occasions who his mom was. Uh-huh. The whole thing was exposed. Bloomberg covered it, released the article, included his mom's name, everything, like that connection, even though he had asked them not to, because, of course, this is now an even bigger story. <clears throat> Next thing you know, uh, Anne Hebert is her name. She's um, She's resigned after a 25-year career. At Nike, so this is a huge deal. Uh, before we kind of talk about some of the the nittier grittier details and, and kind of our thoughts about it, I did just want to uh, mention again to go check us out patreon.com slash club cool for more extra content there are a couple of different tiers to choose from you get a couple of different editorials based on which one you choose and you'll get some little short form bonus podcasts as well bunch of good stuff over there check it out patreon.com slash club cool that is the best way to support the podcast this week and uh and this month um obviously check out our our the the sponsors that we've had over the last several weeks but right now right now the uh the ask is to go join us on patreon.com starts at only two dollars per month you won't even you won't even know that it's coming out of your uh your bank account and you can uh you can get a nice little discount if you just pay for a whole year in advance uh okay so Phil, any 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 overarching big thoughts on on this story? Yeah, I think she knew what was going on. A and B, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love shit like this. Um, it it has been. Look, we know we we're all well aware that the sneakers app has just like it's been an incredible thing for Nike because even. When people are complaining about it, it is just fueling the hype cycle. Mm-hmm. It is press. It is coverage. People are like it trends on Twitter every single Saturday morning when there's like a big drop that nobody hit on and everybody is complaining about. Right. So it, it's this uh, it, it's a machine. We talk about it all the time on on this podcast. Uh, quick, quick aside. I've hit a couple licks recently. Ooh. Yeah. They, they gave me they gave me the cheese. Yeah. And and now I'm now I'm feeling great about myself. Is this but this uh, one right here? No, no. I, I th- these are from last year, I think. But I, I th- these are court purple Jordan ones that I hit on a Foot Locker restock. Shockingly, um, but okay. recently I was able to pick up a women's pair of the Coast Blue mm. Dunks. Nice. Larden won them. Sold them for three fifty, and then I hit on the ready made Blazers, Beautiful. which I obviously don't want because they're horrendous. Oh really? Uh, you hit on those? Yeah, and I sold those for three fifty. You probably hit on them because they are horrendous. Why are they selling for so much then? Wait, you sold them for how much? Three fifty five, three sixty five, three sixty five, I think. And you bought them for one sixty? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, those are bad. I, I did kind of like the swoosh. Yeah. How they changed that a bit. But the overall look of the shoe you is could never wear them. It's, it's, it's not good. Not good. Huh. Uh, anyway, so I'm you know so I'm I'm sucked back in is what I'm saying. Because that's how this shit works, but uh, yeah, th- this was this is such a bad look for Nike because w- we just went through the trophy room scandal, right? Did you hear about you heard about this one? No. This was okay. I I, I didn't have the full story here until <clears throat> everybody started talking uh, talking about the story, but I knew about these shoes before I realized 
who was offering these shoes. Michael Jordan's son owns a store, which I believe is based in Miami, called The Trophy Room. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a strip club. (laughs) The the Trophy Room did a collab with Nike on a Jordan 1 that looks like a Chicago Jordan 1, but is like a little bit, is tweaked a little bit, and the colors are kind of faded out, and it's got some other detailing, and I'll pull it up for you here. Um, Dang it, why does it keep doing this? Anyways, almost all of the stock was being released through Marcus Jordan's store, Trophy Room. Mm -hmm. There was like a little tiny shock drop on sneakers that, I don't know, probably had a couple thousand pairs. Um, But most of the stock was being released through Trophy Room. And about a week before these even released, pretty much every single big reseller in the game was posting their photos with hundreds of boxes of these. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So... He denies this, just like the Nike exec denies having any knowledge or involvement of her son's reselling business. Mm-hmm. But what Marcus did is basically take the 10,000 pairs of these that he had and backdoored the in- all of it <laughs> for what for whatever, like $700 a pair. Uh-huh. Resellers are flipping for $1,500 a pair or whatever these are going for now. But he basically just... He, he made the, – the projections are that if he backdoored as many as people think that he did, which was essentially the entire stock, that he just, like, came up – he probably made about $9 bucks. Oh, my God. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because nobody hit on these. The raffle was a total disaster. It, fl- it flooded the system and, and broke their server immediately, and then they tried to change to, like, this, like – email entry system but the but as soon as you sent the email like the inbox was already completely full and you just got a mailer demon and returned to sender on on any type of email entry a mailer like, demon n- <laughs> <laughs> mailer demon nobody got these is what i'm saying and people were i don't know this this was all this talk about reselling culture and how it's kind of ruined the game and 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 you and i have talked about how like Everybody and their mom is on the sneakers app because why not when you can just hit a pair of shoes that you don't even really like that much and mm-hmm. sell them for double and make a quick couple hundred bucks. Like why why would anybody not participate in this? And it's just been bastardized to hell and there's like, you know, it, it it's kind of an all-out mess. At the same time, it's pushed sneakers. The Bloomberg article is even titled like sneakers are now an investment level asset. They're not they're not it's it's not just it's it's not just a collect uh, like collecting anymore. People are literally treating this like investment. Well, they quote the guy whose title at StockX is senior economist. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> they have a senior economist. The guy that put together the uh, the S and P five hundred of shoes. Th- that's I, I had no idea that they were that deep. Yeah. So um, anyway, all that to say. Having the curtain pulled back on one of these resellers, whose mom is literally a 25-year career woman and big-time exec at Nike, mm-hmm. and it, the article is is the Bloomberg article especially has done so well because they save that little piece of to information the until the very end. <laughs> yeah. So they're talking about how this guy is like, you know, what his big money maker is actually like buying up all the bricks, yeah, and basically like flooding like. And that is that is a piece of this. If you can get a giant selection, a giant section of the stock for an item that isn't really moving that well, but you suddenly control the market, then you can push that price up a little bit. You can make. I've never bucks. heard of this concept with the bricks. Yeah. until that article. I, I I knew that this was happening a little bit. It's not. It's obviously less sexy and less glamorous than posting your Instagram shot of of you sitting in front of two hundred pairs of trophy rooms. But it pays the bills. But it pays. Yeah. But it pays the bills, and it's like, again, it's it's when you read when you read about that piece of the hustle, it actually becomes even clearer how much of a business this is, mm-hmm. and that's that that's one of the things that's difficult to knock. I don't know if you saw that article that I think Complex put out a couple weeks ago about what the actual startup costs to becoming like a bot cook group reseller is. What is it? Thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And several hundred per month, and like, and like licensing rights to be able to use the bots, and your cook group fees, and your like, and, and just a bunch of other shit that you might not necessarily be thinking about. Mm-hmm. I think everybody just thinks like, oh, you pay one hundred fifty dollars for the bot, and <laughs> yeah. then you're botting. But it's it it goes way deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, so yeah, so it's like 
credit due to the people that invest the time and invest the money and figure this out and make it a little business. But then you get a piece of the story like this, where this guy clearly had inside information and was using not only like the advantages that he had, but also his mom's credit card. And discount codes. And discount That's codes. the most glaring fact that he knew what was going on, and go, or she did. And, and traveling to all the, the Nike outlets, you think yeah. he might have had a little insight into what stock was right. where? <laughs> yeah. What coupon yeah. codes were working where? Uh-huh. Like, the, the, it just... It's just it it it's the curtain pulled back on on the shadier sides of of this thing that people were already kind of pissed off about, and so it's of course unleashed like lots and lots of memes and lots of jokes and lots of just kind of disgust about the whole thing in general, and yet it won't change anything, right? Because the fact remains that there is still a, a giant thirst for limited sneakers. And the fact still remains that you can just pull up the app and pick up something and make a quick buck. And I, and and so it's to that end, like th- there's th- there's no expectation that like this big reveal will actually have any effect on on the market at large. It seems to me this is an ignorant observation that if they really wanted to stop all the negative press all the the negative things that come with this black market I'm talking about Nike and Adidas mm-hmm. just find a way to to get rid of the bots to either block them or put in the investment to get rid of the bots cuz without the bots I don't know how you do this you can't do this without the bots so to me their their main goal that's the only way to beat the system and collect multiple tens or hundreds of a singular sneaker. Like in the Bloomberg article, he talks about how he's he's showing up at a warehouse for a delivery of 600 pairs yeah. of Yeezys. Mm-hmm. That his cook group put together. Yeah. And by the way, you want to know why Yeezy 350 boosts are still selling? It's because the cook groups are basically yeah. buying the entire stock mm-hmm. and then controlling the market price. It's not because people like... And if... It, 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 to expand on my ignorance, this is stupid, but like if Nike, I don't think they give a shit because their goal is to go direct to consumer, even if that consumer is a bot. We're selling the shoes. Right. Don't yep. care. Yep. If you're upset about it, not you know, not our problem. Yeah. Although it is their problem. I do wish, I, I wish, I, so like a year ago, even a year and a half ago, I really did think that there was a bubble here. Yeah, for sure. I did not think that this that the right. whole this hype sneaker thing was really going to last. Yeah. But I wish I had stopped and considered and done a little bit more research about this shift from Nike. And what I'm saying is I wish I had bought Nike stock mm. because their market cap has doubled in the last year, basically from pre-Last Dance to to, to now. And they are doing, I, I think it said, their, uh, since 2014, their direct-to-consumer uh, revenue is uh, is up 4x. So it's like th- th- this shift away from the big box stores and the mall stores and the Foot Lockers and all mm-hmm. that, like just a genius move from Nike. And we're actually seeing it from a brand like uh, Aimee as well. I, the, it, it's one thing that I started really noticing last for this past fall season, but they have clearly made a conscious decision to one, limit number of wholesalers that carry their product mm-hmm. and then limit what product those stores can even get. Yeah. Because all the stuff that that sells out immediately on their website and that is like clearly like the big movers and the hot pieces, none of that shit makes it to the to their yeah. wholesale accounts anymore. And this even goes back to when we were in the game with brands like for instance Vineyard Vines. Uh-huh. There was that big movement to where they were opening up their own brick and mortars. Right. Yeah. They were stripping these these uh you mom, know boutique mom pop shops. Yeah, yeah, but they weren't just like Startup mom and pops that were established, um, you know, like in Oxford, Mississippi. I forget the name of that the guy, Steve Hinton. Hinton and Hinton. Uh-huh. Hinton and Hinton, yep. Um, I don't know if he was one of the victims. I think he was. That they, they just took, you know, they would cut his buy in half almost. Okay. You know, like, no, you can't, you're not going to be able to buy that, that line anymore because it's going directly to our stores and to our website. Gotcha. But that was just, the, I guess, that's just 
smart business on their behalf. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and and I mean, that's a great point. Like Nike knows what numbers it needs to hit. Yeah, they've they've done the math. So it's you're right. Their 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 margins are great, regardless of a, which consumer gets it—a bot or a real mm-hmm. a real person that that wants to wear the shoes or sell the shoes for their own gain. Um, and another good point as to as to why it's 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 kind of probably silly to to expect change. But but just back to the bubble, it I, I still we're treating these things like investments now. This is a new asset market. Um, and it just ties into this to the to what what may end up being the most lasting like long tail of the pandemic is just like the retail investor sector, mm-hmm. whether that's with GameStop and AMC and and Reddit and Wall Street bets and the the whole Robin Hood crowd. The fact that like people like the three of us sitting in this room can now so easily just be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna buy a little stock today. I just dabble in that. I'll play around with that. Mm-hmm. It's just right at your fingertips. You don't need a some fancy e trade account. You don't have to pay a fee for your brokerage, whatever. Like yada yada, um, and like uh, on that same spectrum, is that collecting cards is huge again. Like you, pl- baseball cards. Yes, I saw that. Uh, People defensive are buying in from the Steelers is like opening up a. Card shop. Not only that, but now there are people are also investing in collecting in these top shot things, which are little clips. They're highlights. They're buying highlights. Huh? Yes. And these pull th- that up. <laughs> I have no idea. That's way over my head. Randy, you know about this? Oh, you did, huh? <laughs> these guys. Um. Yeah, NBA Top Shot. You buy these little. They, they do, and again, they're they are utilizing the drop, the drop strategy, popularized by streetwear and clothing brands and sneakers. So they they like you know these packs release. You got to be quick to buy the packs, and then you'll get like you know you'll 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 get, I don't know, like a Greg Ostertag layup, which is worth like five dollars. But like maybe you'll get like a Ja Morant like first. Tennessee's game or something. I don't know. That then, is really dumb. And then, okay, that's what I think too. But people are buying these things for multi thousands of dollars now. You can, okay, they are literally investing in these as if they are shorts or stocks. Is or it anything a USB like that. drive that comes with the video? I don't know. I really don't know how this works. <laughs> I just that makes that this, no sense. I just know that this exists and is being talked about a lot. And uh, God, it's like you'd have to own the licensing to each one of these clips you do, to you do. technically own it. When you when you get it, you own the you, you own, own the license can, to the clip. <laughs> I think. Who's to say they're not just like copying these on another USB drive twenty years from now? I gotta see these. Do you own one, Randy? He does. Um what here's most Oh look, John Morant. Hey, I just right. I just mentioned him. Let's see that. Two hundred and forty K. And you own every shot. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess. I, I don't know. What the fuck? So here here here's my thing. Here's my question. And this is just it's for you, it's a general interest question that I uh, that I legitimately would like the answer to. <laughs> Why is sneakers, the rise, the re-rise of baseball cards, this digital top shot thing, why is any of this any different than Beanie Babies, Pogs, or baseball cards when we were growing up? Because all all of those ended up being major regrets, (laughs) total money sucks, and were dead a few years after after the cycle was over. And people are stuck with four thousand Beanie Babies, or me at my at, at my house in Houston, just binders and binders and binders full of basketball cards. Yeah. Now, the the one thing that's new with this time around on the basketball cards is that your shit is not worth anything unless it's graded. So you to to even be in the game, you're sending your cards off to those grading services like PSA or whatever the other one's called. And having them graded and put in the little plastic thing and getting them like gem mint or near mint nine ten blah 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 blah. blah. That's another suck on your money. 
That costs money, right? Yeah. To get it graded. But I, 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 it can still be worth nothing you know, after that. So we get the Bloomberg article about how sneakers are an asset class now. And like that's how this stuff is being treated as well. And I'm just – am I crazy for thinking that this shit is going to implode? Not at all, In dude. three years or however long? No. Like are we really doing this? Are people really going to be like, oh, well, in 2020, what I'm really, really glad that I did is two things. I bought a bunch of square stock. <laughs> And I bought a John Morant hologram dunk top shot for $240,000. <laughs> Two best decisions of my life. Like, no way, right? I don't know, man. Dude, the the auto- barrier of entry on Autographs this is are not even high. worth anything anymore. Right. Who gives a fuck about an autograph? Like, you, like the, that shit doesn't sell like it used to. No. You could probably get like a Michael Jordan signed basketball for a thousand bucks. Right. Maybe less. I don't know. I don't know, dude. The only stuff that intrigues me that would be worth a lot is, is the really old stuff. Yeah. But maybe, you know, in 75 years, they'll be saying that about this John Morant dunk. <sighs> yeah. I, I just, I don't know. You can, I, can't I still pull up this clip on YouTube? Probably? Absolutely. <laughs> You're watching it right now. <laughs> I just don't, I do not. Unless there is a market to resell this to uh, who ESPN, they're going to show it. I'm sure they have rights to it. That's a great question. Yeah. I don't understand. I, we need an expert to come on and explain this to us. But, yeah. So wow, that, that is really – that just blew my mind. Yeah. I had no idea those even existed. Yeah. And that's um, – I'm glad to teach you something new. Thank you. This is because I, you know what? I only, I only really know about this because of Twitter, by the way. I'm off Twitter. Yeah. So, um, yeah, crazy stuff. Um, just final thoughts on the, the Joe Hebert West Coast Streetwear thing. As big of a story as it is and as, 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 as crazy it is to think about and as like kind of feel good as it is to be like, I knew those fuckers were cheating. <laughs> His mom lost her job, man. Yeah. And like a little shit son. <laughs> I don't I, I guess if she she'd probably raking in several hundred thousand dollars a year at uh at that level at Nike, you'd have yeah, to guess. I would have ventured to guess more than that. Maybe more than that. Yeah. So like she's probably fine and I feel like at that level she'll probably pretty yeah, easily move on and, and find the next thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 once you're like VP, exec, C-suite level stuff, it's like it doesn't even really matter the industry. You know, you constantly hear about like, oh, like the new Yahoo CEO like came over from Chewy.com. Yeah. It's like these two things have nothing to do with one another. I'm not shedding any tears for her. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Not at all. Just clear. I just clearing that up because okay. it is – it's pretty crazy to think about. It's an unfortunate it's, circumstance it, for her. Especially, but... beca- especially because – she was a like essentially a lifelong Nike woman. Twenty five years. Twenty five years. That's insane. Nobody works for a company for twenty five years anymore. My dad worked for Miller Brewing for forty plus. That's what I'm saying. That's an old, but that is a old school. That's an old school thing. That the, millennials and younger Popping do around, not baby. do not do that anymore. Yeah. Partially, just wow. We're really going off on tangents here today uh, <laughs> on this episode. But that's also the fault of companies because it's it's no. Ladder climbing, corporate ladder climbing, is not what it used to be. Uh-huh. You don't just get constant pay raises and no. promotions at, by staying at the same company. In fact, the reason that it's different now is because the only raise, the only way to keep increasing your your income is by moving companies. Uh-huh. That's how you get promotions and raises these days. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we'll dive into that in the next episode. At least in big, in big. regular kind of classic banking advertising Mm -hmm. public relations like all all that all that shit all like the classic jobs i I don't necessarily mean like if you work for a small media company like randy over here if you work for a small clothing company like me like uh, different different stuff there but uh yeah i don't know big stuff covered widely and are I there th- any charges coming for these people? Is I don't there anything think so. illegal that went no. on? No. And, and and Nike maintains that she had divested information about West Coast Streetwear, that nothing illicit had happened, that there were no conflict of interest, blah 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 blah. But I just it that But we fired her anyway. <laughs> she resigned. Yeah. Um 
But I don't know. That kind of feels like you're pissing on my leg and telling me it's rain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I like that. Like, it, there's just no way that the connection did not aid him in some way, shape, or form. The discount codes. Right. So at the, the at the best, he had, like, access to discount codes or inside information or stock uh-huh. availability and, and stuff like that. And at worst, you know, he did not find four pair of Nike mags in a storage warehouse. Uh-huh. Exactly. He siphoned them off from the company. Uh-huh. Right. And the fact that he was using mom's credit card uh-huh. to boot. <laughs> 200 grand. I think which one of which may have been a corporate credit card. It was. That, that, that's just too, it, it's shady and that's all, that's really all there is to it. So. Where there's smoke, there's fire, Randy. Exactly. Yeah. Remember that. Um. Let's continue talking about a little Nike thing. This one's a little more, a little more fun. Uh, I was originally tipped off to this. Thank you to our Discord. By the way, Discord access now. That comes with joining us on patreon.com slash club cool. It's constantly popping off in there. Uh, fit picks, pickups, inspiration, and uh, ask us anything, general, grooming, like the whole shebang. There's anything and everything in there. It's, it's, it's great. I first learned about this little, this little tidbit uh, there in the Discord. But you familiar with this uh, this shoe from Nike? It's kind of like one of these like ISPA looking ones called the Overbreak. Yeah, uh, cool shoe. There's a, a version from Undercover that's about to release that's that's nice, coming in a white and black. There's also this one, which is relatively popular because of its striking resemblance to the Tom Sachs Marshard, which is my number one. Which grail. is your number one grail of all time? It's mm-hmm. a lot of people's grail it's uh it's a fabulous shoe it is it's it's an awesome awesome shoe john elliott had his does he have a child is that his uh-huh. wearing some yeah wearing a kid's photo. version yeah and he has a pair um so this sneaker <clears throat> ended up not actually ever getting a u.s release it only released internationally that this nike overbreak in this marjard colorway so you can still buy it through the secondary market, StockX, Grail, eBay, wherever. What did release stateside was this version of the Nike Overbreak. And this one was called the College Gray. Now, also cool. All, off top, you'll notice that they're kind of similar, right? They look exactly the same other than the colorway. Well, but I mean, just like in general, like there's some similarities. Yes, the the color tone, the the color tone of the tan suede on the on the Marjard and here, and the tan suede here, right. it's just like a almost like a dirtier version of the tan, especially behind the check. Yes, and then of course the, yeah, that's right, that's right. It's almost identical. And then you know, there's the the some of the trims and stuff are different. Well, okay, so we fast forward. That shoe's been released in the U.S. now. And now we'll uh, now we'll head to this little Reddit conversation where somebody checked in with the Nike experts on Instagram and basically laid out this story and then said, <laughs> so did you know that under the college gray, if you scrape everything away, is the Marjard colorway? Yeah. I love this so much. I love it. Um, the Nike expert is basically like, no, no, no. That would have been a feature we would have highlighted and said something about. Like, I don't know what's going. No, nah, I don't think that's right. Like, <laughs> by the way, just, you know, other thing. Nike has been doing a lot of this whole, like, scratch away stuff. Like the taupe Jordan 4s they just released. Mm-hmm. Like, they peel away. There were the Chinese New Year Jordan Five Lows that did this. There's a bunch of Air Force Ones that that scrape away. This is like this is a popular. This is a thing that they are running with, right? Mm-hmm. But the Nike experts had no idea about this. This guy reveals this to him, and the Nike expert is pretty much blown away. Um, and and, and original and initially in this conversation, kind of tries to like just be like, nah, no, nah, yeah. go away. You don't know what you're talking about, kid. And then. After this guy continues to show him more pictures and stuff, I love the the kind of just the yeah. real response. He's like, yo, <laughs> man, I think you may have cracked a code so dope. Yeah, I'd do some work on your end and let me know how it turns out. Uh, then he says, all right, so my teammate actually copped a pair, and he says the upper rubs off for him as well. 
I know we didn't market it that way, but I'm assuming that was intentional in terms of the design direction. It's a really dope discovery. So crazy if we just leave it right here because Nike released a shoe and did not market the fact that there is a whole other colorway laying underneath this shoe. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it would appear that it is exactly the Marjard colorway down to if you scrape off the white at the toe and the back, it has the black heel and toe counters. The orange swoosh is there. The laces are even the same. So we go one step further. And now, because this is 2021, we have a conspiracy theory on our hands. Mm -hmm. And everything deserves its own conspiracy theory, as far as I'm concerned. And that it that is that Tom Sachs basically put the kibosh on the fossil colorway of the overbreak. Nike needed something to do with all the stock that they had scheduled for the for the US market. And so they painted, spray painted, did some type of weird overlay on every single pair of these that they released in the US market, called it the college gray, and put it out as a as a different colorway. Awesome. Pretty sweet stuff. Uh, and I, if you are you going to pull up the photos? Uh, yes. Which which photos shall I pull up? The, Just start uh, clicking away because it sh it is obvious. You can still see. <clears throat> um, go to go to another one. Let's see. suede looks almost muddy. That one. So, see around the, the eyelets, around the... Yes, yes, exactly. You can see where yeah. they missed us. I mean, yeah. it's like you... Because the laces were already in the shoe. Yeah. Yeah. So, they they really did... They, it totally looks like they just oversprayed. The, here's what, what really tipped them off was the... Yeah. So, you pull out the laces, <laughs> and you can yeah. even see the paint on the laces. Uh-huh. And where the laces are not facing out or where they right. were inside the shoe, it is the exact same laces as the, the fossil Marjard colorway as well. Um, there's a residue on the tongue. This there, is, by the look, way, again, look at the eyelet. It, it's perfect. Yeah. Even the stitching around the 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 check. Yep. It's got a pink on it. Yep. That's awesome. This is great. Uh, so Nike, of course, denies this. Um, there's they say that nothing like this happened. Now, for me, I I read through this whole this this whole Reddit thread and um. Kind of in the comments, people are like, oh, I don't know why you'd, you know, you can just buy the Marjard ones for 50 bucks more on StockX. Like, why would you buy these and go through all the trouble of trying to like, of like doing the peel away and the scrape away and all that? But for me, I kind of think now having a pair of the College Grays right. is the more collectible item. Yeah, there's more of a story behind it. It feels like a low key, as we're, as we're talking about assets and investments all the time, this feels like the one to go with. Yeah. Because if Nike ever the brick breaks and says, "Okay, yes, here is what happened with those," mm -hmm. like this shoe could be worth a thousand bucks. Yeah, easy. So how many pair do you? How many pair have do I have on? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm flooding the market. I'm, I bought. <laughs> I've got, I got to go to a warehouse right after this podcast. Uh, I've got six hundred of them wow. coming. in. Yeah. I put them on my mom's credit card. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice of her. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a yeah, it's a company card. Big big. Uh, Big limit. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's it nothing to worry about. Good. Um, yeah, so I, I just thought that, uh, you know, Nike, they're just, they're, they're up to all sorts of hijinks in the last uh, last few weeks here. They still have better shoes than Adidas. They do. They do. And um, it might not be too late. Is it too late to get into Nike stock? Probably. I don't know how they can it's continue never too late, Barry. crank it it's up. It's all about the here. time in the market. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Not the timing, the time in. The time in, in the market, right, right, time. right. Yeah, it's a long, it's a long play. That's right, long term hold. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, unless you're doing GameStop, Phil. Before we get out of here today, you want to listen to a few hotline calls? Yeah, sure. Okay, let's uh, let's go to the hotline. The number is eight three three two five eight two two six six. You are free to call us. Leave us your take. Talk about some fashion. Talk about some shoes. Talk about Nike. Talk about whatever you want. Talk about real estate. Uh, that is 833-258-2266, or the best way to remember that is just 833-CLUB-COO. Um, let's hit the hotline. Let's see Let's see what the uh, the cool kids are out there saying. Hey, Barrett. Uh, long time, first time here. Love the content you guys put out. 
But I genuinely, I just don't think anybody gives a shit what you wear at a Home Depot. <laughs> the less thought you put in, the better it is. Okay. Um, short and to the point. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I like. Very good. I, I just want to say, I, I agree. But the and, and I, the almost the point of that segment was the fact that there is so little opportunity to actually get dressed up and wear what I want to wear these days that I am resorting that that's where it's pushed me is to the fact that I'm thinking about, well, could I get, could I wear some cool, like home, some stuff to home Depot? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, this also, this call also reminds me of the meme that surfaced this week that was all over the place. That was like, that was, uh, Everybody wants to wear Carhartt until it's time to do Carhartt shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, so that was that was making the rounds. Um, I've got on my I've got on my Abercrombie double knees today. Nice. Now, fortunately, wearing uh, Abercrombie just means that I need to be ready to uh, pop top and at a storefront mm -hmm. instead of um, doing any uh, hard labor. Okay, let's see. Uh, let's see what else we got. What up, boys? Um, we didn't get a, an episode last week. You know, that's cool. But I was really hoping to hear your guys' takes on Groundhog Day and to see what kind of fits you were looking to pull off on February 2nd. Um, so maybe, you know, next episode we can get a little hindsight. Let me know what you guys were up to on Groundhog Day. All right, let me know. Peace. Okay, Phil, you heard the man. What were you up to on Groundhog Day? I usually, <clears throat> for Groundhog Day, I always wear like what the guys wear um, when they pull the groundhog out with the top hat. Your pilgrim outfit? Yeah, my pilgrim outfit. Yeah, yeah. The tuxedo. For me, I like to get out of bed and uh, put pants on and a shirt on and then shoes and socks on. And then I like to get out of bed and put pants on and shirt on and uh, shoes and socks on. And then I like to get out of bed and I put on pants and shirt and, uh, and socks and shoes on. And then I like to get out of bed and put on... And, pants and a shirt and shoes and socks on mm -hmm. um and uh and that's that's it that's it that's it no <laughs> other option for groundhog day is you just you you if you're really celebrating you got the pilgrim outfit obviously but you also need uh like all sorts of tearaway stuff i feel like mm -hmm. so that when poxitani phil your namesake mm -hmm. comes out of 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 his of his hibernation and declares six more weeks of winter mm -hmm. or early spring you can be ready to just like either keep your 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 clothes on yeah or immediately tear away everything and like boom you're in like a camp collar and mm -hmm. in and, spring and yeah. swim trunks so a bunch of different ways to go there. yeah okay uh i think we got a couple more here to listen to Fellas, just got hit with the worst snowstorm in recorded history this might be perhaps, here on the Say East God. Coast. But I'm always looking forward to summer. Um, just copped some new hats. Got this new collab between 47 Brand and Carhartt. Uh, these are like your kind of classic baseball caps, but made of the uh, like Carhartt type of Kansas jacket material. Um, two of these just came in. I'm pretty happy with them. Um, was just wondering what kind of headwear you guys are looking at at this point. You know, spring right around the corner. Fingers crossed. All right. Love you guys. See ya. Love you too. <laughs> um, you, you recently, you and I were out at Family Business uh, Beer Company in mm -hmm. Dripping Springs. I really want some dope beer brewery merch, but they were out of the hats that I wanted. Yeah. So that was a shame. Um, Speaking of I, the, the the Carhartt Forty Seven stuff has been on my radar for a while. I, I really like the collaboration. I think that's cool stuff, especially if you get it in the the uh, duck canvas, the brown duck canvas colorway. I think they do like navy options as well, which are, are less interesting to me. Um, I was all jazzed up for that, and then uh, every Houston sports team just like shit the bed, shit the bed, mm -hmm. and now I hate all my sports teams and. Uh, Houston sports are a dumpster fire. So I'm, so I'm less interested. I have actually, I've really been digging. There's a, a brand, a little kind of techie gorpy brand from the guy that does Kiko or from he, part of the collective is uh designer Kiko Kostadinov. Brand is called a fix. 
I really like some of their like mm-hmm. like low profile headwear right now. One thing that I have noticed, just as far as a, an interesting headwear trend, and I'm seeing this a lot in streetwear, from from Noah, from Ame, from Online Ceramics, from a couple other brands, and it's I find it interesting. Is it's the low profile, either five or six panel, like pretty much like a dad cap shape, but with a snapback. Hmm. And I don't know how I feel about that. It's okay, but every time I, I it 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 always is like, I don't know. It feels dissonant to me for some reason. Yeah, I, I can't pull off many dad caps. I can't pull off hats. I think I look like a buffoon in a lot of hats. Hence why I don't wear them that often. But I've pretty much relegated myself to hyper niche Austin. Yeah, brand hats. That's a great. It's a, every time you wear one, I think I think they're awesome. That's I'm, Thanks, I'm kind of I appreciate that. That's the type of stuff that I'm on the lookout for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being sure. said, they're usually made with a lower budget blank. Yeah. So they hurt the the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't wear. Them uh, Boss man at Howler has been wearing one from uh, an architecture firm here that is that's very well known. Petrified Design. Ah. And that one's like really cool. That's a that's a great little niche cap. Very good. Howler uh, again. I'll say it again. Great, great headwear. I just I, I I won't say them because I shared it in the Discord. But like I, we were talking about Howler Spring Twenty One, and I I said what my two favorite hats were. Mm-hmm. I, I I bought them yesterday. Good. They're they're on the way. So I have some new uh, Howler headgear as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Howler. Howler's dad caps are always great. They just mm-hmm. don't that that style in particular that from us does not fit me very well because they're they're especially low profile. They probably fit me fine. Mm-hmm. It's just like a thing. I don't like the way really shallow hats look on my head. Yeah, or really deep. Or really deep. Yeah, those look even stranger. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I mentioned uh, online ceramics is doing some really cool headwear. Mm-hmm. They sell out super quickly because they don't make a lot of headwear and. People were clearly thirsty for that, uh, but they've they've got some cool ones. I really like the little skull music notes. Mm-hmm. Thought that was a great little graphic. Oh, that sh- that that uh, hoodie mm-hmm. with that same graphic is yeah excellent. But uh, yeah, I, I think we gave several good options there. All right, we got time for one more. Let's uh, let's hear it. What up, Phil and Barrett? Um, let's talk about this Levi's Pokemon collab. You guys seen this? Um, we're Randy, is this your phone call? Like the original 151 Pokemon on this, which is pretty cool. Me in the ninth grade is really loving it. Um, I might not be going for this jean jacket with a giant Pikachu on the back, but I might cop one of these tees. Um, they're pretty basic. Like this one pink tee that's kind of got like the OG best Pokemon lineup on the front. We're talking Snorlax, Psyduck, Butterfree, <laughs> right? Pikachu, of course. Ditto. You know the heavy hitters. So let me know what you guys think. I like those jeans. R- Randy was just telling us about Levi's Pokemon before before we hopped on air. So uh, it's possible that that this is uh, a phone call from him. Yeah. Well, we may never know. Probably. Randy, did you did you buy anything from this collaboration yet? The trucker hat still comes in. Okay. Okay. You talking about the floral jeans? No, the the ones with Pokemon. The the big Pikachu jeans. Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah. You're into those? (laughs) Pokemon. (laughs) Um, I like those. I wish that he wasn't on the back as well. Just one hit of him. The floral ones actually kind of look like the carpenter pants that Ald just put out. No shit. (laughs) Uh, so, you know, if you're looking for a, a lower cost option on some some crazy pants there, a crazy pants, I mentioned crazy pants last week. Fun pants. Fun pants. Fun and crazy pants. Uh, yeah, a lot of graphic tees here. Phil and I have talked, I think, a couple of different times about how we just kind of missed Poke- the Pokemon craze. Yeah. It, it came right after us. And so the, so the, look, I'm all about nostalgia. Big nostalgia guy. You know, I'm Amber. Uh, and this does nothing for me because I did not participate in Pokemon, yeah. and I so I feel bad about that. But what it does, what it does make me think about is like, would I wear any cartoon characters on my person? And that's probably not. Yeah. 
that's one of the things. This is like, it just feels too youthful for me. Kith did like a Looney Tunes collaboration. No bueno. And it's like, I like Taz. I like Marvin the Martian. I'm into those guys. But I, I don't need them. I, I don't need I don't need cartoon graphics on my on my body. I don't I think. feel the same way about like when Kith does like that Coca-Cola stuff and such. Yeah. Uh but some of the some of the, the less graphic stuff, like the the, the Pokemon five fifty one floral all over print jeans. Oh, the jacket of that is is sold out. Uh, and Randy, here's your trucking trucker hat. See now, don't you think this is just like? Isn't this the the Ash costume though? Isn't it basically like a costume hat? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I I don't know this. You know what I was more? I think what I was more interested in, which hit that button for me a little bit harder, was Levi's uh, Mario. I believe Levi's Mario was was this past year, and that one was a that one was a little bit more reson- resonating more for me. Yeah. But again, uh, for all the for all the pokey heads out there, what a Pokemon! What a Pokemon fans called? They have a they have a a, a word, Randy. Uh, you know, Randy. Hmm. Who is your uh, go to um, Mario Kart character? Yoshi. Yoshi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a Toad guy. Okay. All right. Jordan brought over the the Nintendo Switch when they were mm-hmm. refugees at our house, and we got into it. Got got into it. Yeah. Who does he? Who was he playing with? Some obscure character. Bowser? No. He has glasses. He's like some new guy. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't fuck with that. Um, <laughs> I like Bowser. <laughs> I like Wario, too. I'll, Wario, I'll do Wario Bowser. once in a while. Yeah. Yoshi, Yoshi's just a... He's a utility hitter, man. He's a utility player. That's, mm-hmm. you know, jack of all trades. I like Yoshi. So that's 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 my guy there. All right. Uh, that wraps it up for us today. Once again, jump on that hotline. We've got a couple more calls in the bank that uh, that maybe we'll get to next week. But but let's uh, let's let's hear from the kids out there. 833-258-2266. Join us in the Discord. Join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash clubcool. You can follow us on Instagram at clubcoolpod. Any closing thoughts for you, Phil? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Oh, I, we we may have uh may have a good guest coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. So I will leave it at that, and uh, we'll talk soon. Bye bye. Later. Welcome to the club.